Timberwolves, the podcast, the show that has never moved up in the lottery. Hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to episode 22, everybody. If the lottery is gambling, then I think we have a gambling addiction <laughs> here in Minnesota. The lottery is so fun, and uh, we just yes. can't stop playing. It's a game yeah, we can't stop yeah. playing. We're in it every year, and uh, well, hopefully this is the last year the Wolves are in it for a while. <laughs> we've never we've never won the lottery, I suppose. We've gotten the number one pick, but we've never moved up, which is what I yeah, consider winning yeah, the lottery. Well, yeah, if you if you were the worst team in the league, you know you you, you don't really win. You, yeah, I mean it, it's nice like like this year for example we've gotten the number five pick. Yeah, um, I guess nobody actually moved in the lottery for the first time since the lottery has started. That's right. It came out exactly according to the loss records. All chalk, and uh, that's not very exciting. But it does. <laughs> I mean I'm happy with it. Uh, yeah. I'm glad we didn't move backwards. I think five is a nice spot to pick from. But it just you know it doesn't feel like you win when you get what you are expecting. You know, that's why I'm saying we've never won the lottery. We've never moved up a spot. Yeah, you're supposed to get there. The Sixers are supposed to have it this time. Um, Scott, before we talk about lottery, uh, welcome back to the podcast studio. Oh, man, it's been it's, great. It's been I love month. what you've done with the place. Thanks. See, we, get, we get the microphones. We got all the, the bobbleheads. Uh, there's uh, a natural sunlight now coming yeah. through the windows. Yeah, it's summer. So uh, you have so an air conditioner in here now. Yeah, times have changed. Uh, but yeah, it's been a month since we've done a show. There hasn't been much uh, Timberwolves action. A few things here and there we're going to get too, but uh, you know, no, no, no week to week action necessarily. Have you but, been just like kind of lost on your Thursday nights? Like, yeah, with all this extra free what do we time do? You what do we do? I don't, I don't have to, you know, edit a podcast all night. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad we're back in it right now. It's good catching to be back. up in the last uh, of everything that's happened in the last month. And thanks for all of our listeners who have reached out over the past month. Let us know that they missed us. We miss you, yeah. too. Yeah, aw, that's nice. But yeah, we got to get you caught up with uh, the Wolves news has happened um, in the last few weeks. We're going to... I don't uh, think we're breaking the news to anybody that no. Thibodeau has been hired as head coach. Yeah, Thibodeau is a head coach. But maybe somebody only gets their <laughs> Timber Wolves news through us, in which case, surprise. Surprise. That happened. That happened. If, if this is the only Timberwolves uh, you know, commentary or show you listen to or read about, well... Well, guess what? Tom Thibodeau will be the coach and uh, a pleasant surprise. GM of the Wolves uh, for the next five years. I or can't believe so. we haven't talked about this. Maybe because we've talked about it on our own on yeah. the side. Um, a lot. Sometimes we hang out in real life. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that what like Glenn Taylor must own Corn Ferry, right? Yeah, Why do we need to sign Ferry. Corn Ferry up to help us find a coach when it seems like Thibodeau's been angling for this job is like what we kind of heard. Like, yeah. we, like within a week almost we had this all signed up and done, which is great because a lot of other teams waited too long and saw good coaches get signed up. Yeah, so when the season ended, the Glenn Taylor and the team announced that Sam Mitchell would not be back and that they would be hiring a search agency uh, Corn Ferry to 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 find the best GM and coach out there, and obviously that uh, is Tom Thibodeau. And uh, if he wanted the job, it was his to have. But it just they, seems they even, like they what? even told us how much they paid them. They paid them one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to this search firm or whatever. And it's very interesting that that was part of this whole narrative. I guess it's something for Glenn Taylor to sort of hide behind as a way to say like, you know, I didn't pick hey, him. maybe say, yeah. So it, it doesn't look like it's. Well, it doesn't, oh, I think especially with the way they handled the Sam Mitchell end of 
the season thing. It was just like, no, hey, this is a search agency, like or whatever. Like it's on them. They they're the ones taking care of this right now. So I don't know what that was about because it seemed very easy that if you wanted Tom Thibodeau, who a has been a member of the Timberwolves franchise, you know, way back in the early days, um, you know, but you know, it, it, B he was the consensus top guy for any job uh, in the league this year. So, but whatever, I don't care how they got there. They got there. I bet you, <laughs> if I cared enough, I bet you you follow the money trails and it leads back to somebody, <laughs> somebody within the Timberwolves owning a share in Corn Ferry and just being like, let's yeah. get some free pub, There's let's get their name tribute. out there a little bit, you know. So we have Tom Thibodeau. That I think. Um, so we did a show. I think in. April or in March where we did power rankings right. of the best who do we want for coach of the Timberwolves for next year and I'm pretty sure Thibodeau's number one yeah he was way up there he's been our guy that's for sure way up there he's kind of been um, you know what all Wolves fans have been dreaming of hoping for but I think there was also a sort of cautious like well that's who we'd like if we could get who anybody we wanted but that's not how it's going to go right you know we always thought hey they'd bring Sam back or they'd bring some retread back but they went out of the box and they did this. It's great, right? Uh, I absolutely think so. I was just listening to our final pod uh, of the season. Episode 21 came out about a month ago. It's still available if you want to go listen to it. It stands up Forever. the test of time. I was Forever. listening to it today just because I needed to get back in the swing, kind of remember what's Yeah, like. how do we do this again? Exactly. <laughs> and, and you predicted on that, because we both at our final predicted predicted uh, what we think the coach is going to happen. Okay. And you were saying Dave Yeager. Oh, yeah. You really yes. thought. And Yikes. I said that he's not even going to be let go. And look at this. He's the Canes coach all of a sudden. It's crazy. And neither of us thought Vogel would be uh, you know on the market. And yeah. So the coaching market's crazy. It seems like every team is kind of like there's like it seems like half the teams are changing coaches, right? Yeah, if you don't if you don't live up to to you know your expectations, then coach is the easiest person to let go and to move on and kind of make the scapegoat. So I think that's just kind of where we are in the NBA right now. So many coaches changing, but that's why I'm glad we locked ours up quickly. Uh, we got we snatched up Tibbs because he's the one I wanted the most. Even knowing like Vogel was an option now, like I'd still would have picked Tibbs yeah, over anybody I else. I think the Tibbs era Bulls were kind of like our second favorite team in the league. You know with the Nova Rose uh, combo and stuff. And so, you know, that didn't necessarily work out. But every year when the playoffs rolled around and the Wolves were out, the Bulls were still in. That's kind of, you know, I think who we both right. cheered for. We really liked what Thibodeau did and the style of, of game that the Bulls played. And Well, and a lot of those Thibodeau teams, you would see that, like, Rose would miss seasons. And, yeah. like, a lot of their major stars missed major time because of the various injuries. And because of that, they still won 50 games every season. And that's one of the things that really brought – a lot of uh, respect and repu- to Tom Thibodeau's yes. reputation around the league is that look at this. He's playing like CJ Miles or like whatever, Aaron Brooks. <laughs> Nate and, Robinson. Yeah, whoever it is with like this mishmash lineup. And he would get the most out of his players. They yeah. all worked really hard for him every night. Yeah. And so, I mean, that just appears from the outside, at least, to be the sign of a good coach that even when he didn't have the stars, he was still winning 50 games a season. Yeah. And there's all the, the knocks against him, of course, about uh, how much he plays his guys and, uh, um, you know, it, maybe he lacks a little bit of offensive creativity, but you know, those are all things that I think Wolves fans, especially, are willing to deal with to get a uh, you know a top flight coach like him. He said um, he loves taking corner threes, and he, he and it's important to take them away. Let's and go. That alone, <laughs> like I mean, that alone is going to change this offense. I can't even. I was trying to picture what yeah. a Wolves offense shooting corner threes would be like because we take so few of them. Even when we started taking more threes towards the end of last season, it was all above the break stuff. When you yep. picture like Andrew Wiggins or Levine shooting a three, you picture them above the break shooting that three. Exactly. So I'm excited to get some, you know, just easy corner three point buckets. And, you know, I think that just because his 
defense is so good, uh, his offense might be a little underrated. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking at some minutes and stuff with like Jay, or Dane and uh, Joakim Noah and stuff, how many minutes they played under him. And it's it's true. It's like, you know, 35 and above, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's basically what Wiggins has been playing the past two seasons uh, for yes. his, his main guys. Yeah. But the, the thing about Thibodeau was he only played him that many minutes when these guys were like age 27, 28, which is really like their physical peaks or primes, yep. you know, of just their adult bodies and stuff. People say that you peak physically around there. And so, like, it's interesting to me. Just like I wonder at what he'll do with young guys, you know. Because yeah, twenty one year olds, yeah, usually his approach, olds. if I remember, with the Bulls was to play the veterans over the young guys because yep. he trusted his vets more. That's yep. why uh, he played Dane over Jimmy Butler so much when he had Butler on the bench as a young yeah, guy. Butler's first and second year, and so I don't really know if we have a lot of track record with how Thibodeau ha- handles minutes allocations to like twenty one year olds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? he's never had such a young team, and that's why you get lots of the questions. I guess Rose about... played a lot of minutes as MVP. Yeah, season, yeah. But after he was, that, MVP, he was always though. on yeah. minutes limits for the, yeah. like, the rest of it. Yeah, but there's lots of questions about what this team will look like when it comes to the fall, and it's because Thibodeau is not known to roll with a rookie team or whatever, but it's sort of different now because he has different power structure and stuff. So it'd be interesting to see, and we'll talk a little bit about the draft and lottery here coming up uh, in a minute, but to see what where he goes with this because you're right, he's not used to having a team with so many young guys, so many guys who, you know, even though we have some nice players, they're still in development. They're still working towards what they will ultimately be Whereas in Chicago, he had mostly veterans with a couple of rookies peppered in. And it was always uh, win-now mode in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was you're going up against LeBron in the best of the league. Uh, you're expected to make it to the East Finals, that kind of thing. So should be interesting. Uh, Scott Layden also coming in alongside him. Yep. Um, and the other big question about Thibodeau is can he do both jobs? Can he be, you know, I don't, no one's questioning can he be a great head coach, but he, um, you know, is coming from a Chicago situation where not having the power in the front office kind of led to his uh, firing and to the problems that were there. Now he does have that power and he's working with someone who he trusts, who he likes, who he th- feels like he can work with. So that's something I'm not really worried about. I'm not worried about Thibodeau, the coach, you know, maybe being short sighted or maybe letting the coaching side of things take over. I think Scott Layden, although I don't really know anything about him other than he used to work for the Spurs and stuff, you know, I think. I'm hoping that 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 relationship will, you know, be uh, something that uh, is 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 well measured and is not, uh, you know, all Thibodeau all the time type of thing. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, we were just talking about with the offense in a way where, you know, is he going to be the best at, you know, bringing in guys? Probably not the best in the league, but since we were already one of the worst in the league at bringing people into this franchise, yeah. like we, that's not something we've been known for is going out yep. and getting the right guys to compliment who are going to be great fits. And maybe, and so like our reputation was already terrible at that. So how much worse could he be? I would say he's not worse. He'll probably be better. Yeah. And he's I mean, rep. Yeah. he's got to be better than, you know, the Bulls front office who are giving him like Kurt Heinrich and like Aaron Brooks and all those. Yeah. Like w- w- the Bulls front office did like zero good deals while Tibbs was coaching there. Right. I just and uh, saying that made me realize that Tibbs had the best defense in the league with starting Carlos Boozer on it. <laughs> the end of the booze career. That's got to give us hope for, you know. Shabazz and Levine, I guess, because yeah. we got to hope that if he can coach Carlos Boozer into a league average defender. Yeah, you know? let's hope. <laughs> uh, anything else on Thibodeau, Scott, before we move on to the lottery? Yeah, I just think that uh, my thing about Thibodeau, because I, I, the news has been out there for a little bit, and I've we follow a lot of Wolves people who tweet yep. their thoughts or blog or podcast, and so there's not a lot to be said, I think, that hasn't been said, but I do think that, I just think everyone's a little too worried about 
the injury stuff. I'm not sure how much of that you can place on Thibodeau because some of these are just, you know, how much is it to say that it was the heavy minutes Joakim was playing, or is it just because of Joakim's body? Yeah. He's got kind of freak, a funky biomechanics. Freak accident versus wear and tear. You know, like, so there's questions about that. And also, like, it's not like the Bulls were healthy last season without Thibodeau. I have some major questions about, like, Chicago's medical staff. And so I just think that a lot of this injury blame gets placed at Thibodeau's feet because he would play guys heavy minutes. But, like... I think a lot of the medical problems just continue to plague Chicago. It's the medical staff. So I just, I, I think everyone has their mind made up that Thibodeau is a risk, risk to hurt our players. But I don't think it will be. Yeah. I think that's overblown. Yeah, I think uh, I got high hopes as well. Let's just uh, hope to keep our boy Arne Kander around. Just in case those injuries do happen, get him get him back on the court soon. That kind I, was, of thing. I was saying I was looking at stats of like Dane and, and Noah and other players who had played for Thibodeau, and like all of, like you remember like Dane having some injuries at the end of his Bulls era or Joe Keem, and but most of them like after a year or two recovered to like their career stats that you would have with a normal aging curve. So it's not even yeah. like playing with Thibodeau wore them down. It's just like a natural career curve. Like Dane plays a little worse now because he's thirty, Getting you know, older. thirty-one, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, getting up there. Uh, okay, let's pivot to the lottery. Uh, the NBA uh, draft lottery uh, was a couple days ago um, in New York, and fun, uh, fun, fun. Always, always a great time. We were it's, watching it's, from the bar, yeah, at Darby's. from Darby's. Uh, it was, uh, it was very, uh, very short and sweet as lottery always is, but it's always so much fun. What always an exciting so like sixty seconds, you know? <laughs> it's so when quick. those picks start going, it goes <laughs> so, so quick. It's so, it, quick. It's so much tension yeah. revealed. Uh, the Wolves, uh, as we said before, did not move up, did not move down. They stayed right where they were. The whole, the whole whole lottery stayed right as it should have been um and they will draft fifth um this this uh, upcoming draft uh, it's about 40 days from now about uh, about five weeks from now so coming up quick uh, on the draft but number five just as uh, no just as it was supposed to be no yeah it would that. be fun to get in there um a little bit higher but uh five is a great place to be to get someone who can uh, contribute and can hopefully be an awesome player going forward um, Scott, what do you think about the fifth pick? Uh, who uh, who should the Wolves be looking at? Um, and uh, you know, or you know, there's lots so many options. People talking about trades. Right. People talking about tr- moving out, moving down. There's there's a lot lot to unpack here. Where do we start? Well, I think that I'm fine with the fifth pick. We were saying yeah. it all season long once the Suns uh, started tanking and we started winning games. <laughs> they were so bad. And we were, we were even saying we might catch the Pelicans at some point. But yeah. on the pod, we were saying throughout the season, it's okay to be five because there's not going to be a big difference between picking four, between picking yep. six. That's like going into the draft. I was literally talking to you and saying, like, I'd much rather to have the Lakers fall out in the pick gets <laughs> into the Sixers than the Wolves move up. Or even if the Wolves moved to six, I'd be okay with it yeah. if it meant the Lakers got kicked out. Yeah. Just because I think that would be funny, and I don't think there's a huge difference between the fourth, fifth, and fifth, sixth yes, pick. Yes. It seems to be a two-player draft in yes. terms of who's going one and two. And after that, it could be anyone's game, especially with a month left. You know that that draft like rankings, everyone has their kind of consensus picks in the industry, but those change a lot in the next month. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, at this point last year, a lot of people thought Okafor was going to be the number one pick. So yeah, he was the a, guy. A lot of things can change with the draft rankings and things like that. So um, I just think that, as it stands right now, I could see like four or five. There's like four or five or six or seven players I like, and uh, probably like four or five players I like that could be available at that point, you know. And so the Wolves have plenty of choices, and they have like, 
you know, different player types as well that they could choose from. Depending, it'll be revealing to see what they think they need. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying, you know, basically from three to kind of eight is just a big bundle of people, and it's kind of, you know, each team is going to have their workouts and kind of going to be, uh, you know, searching for specific skills and and, and people and, and experience levels and stuff. So. Really, there's a lot of a lot of variables once you get past the first two. It seems like, um, but yeah, Dunn, Healed, uh, Jamal Murray, Ellison, Bender, lots of some of those guys of are names, be there. Say, lots of names. This is all this is say, all going to be say fluid. Like Dragon Bender goes three, and Buddy Healed goes four. Well, then we still have Chris Dunn, Jamal Murray, Henry Ellison. So we still have choices, and yes. so. Um, you know, in some ways it might be nice because uh, if the Wolves feel very conflicted between two players, you know, one of them might get taken first. Yeah, it makes their choice for them. And that way it's nice for the decision makers. Let's talk about the number one question people have been asking. Should the Wolves trade the pick? What do you think? Should they? Now, will they? they? Should they? Should they trade the pick? Now, this is very hard because you can't just ask that question flat out because it's like, well, what are we getting back? You know, what kind of what kind of thing? To me, there are two moves as far as trading the pick that would happen. Either it's the five plus a couple of our young players for a big name guy. Yeah. Or it's straight up five for maybe like. A, a player, a veteran player who's maybe a role player, maybe not a starter, but a solid sixth man or seventh man, that kind of thing. To me, those are maybe the two types of kind of trades that we're looking at. Either the superstar right. for a, a package or straight up five for another guy who's maybe like a middling player, a guy who's definitely going to contribute, but maybe not knocking your socks off. Well, in a vacuum, I'd say they shouldn't trade the pick. Right. Because, I mean, if you're asking me, I see a lot of people on Twitter who, you know, I thought just a couple of months ago we didn't like Zach Levine that much. You know, like we've always loved yeah. Zach. We've always ca- had heavy caveats about what he can do. But all of a sudden, like Zach has gone from a guy who like can't really play defense at all and is question like can't really ever play the point guard we've seen and has tons of athleticism. But Zach was not like uh, like at all by any stretch of the imagination a guy that we said was like untradeable. Like even like. Five months ago, four months ago, the second and all half the, of the and season all of a sudden was very kind saying, to Zach Some people Levine. tell me on Twitter now they wouldn't trade the five pick in Levine for Jimmy Butler. Levine's untradeable at this point, Scott. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> chill out, guys. Like, I know Levine looked good for a two month stretch, but let's not get carried away here. He's yeah. not Wiggins. He's not Cat. You know, like, yep, yep. His name could be on the table. Okay, yes. and if you, you could trade him to get someone like five pick in Levine for Butler. Easy, but Chicago would never yep. do that because yep. that's a ridiculous like thievery, you know. Yeah, and so like I'm just saying, like, who are we gonna get? I, I think that it's one of those things where we look like jerks to other fan bases because we're like, well, would it would the Timberwolves <laughs> be making a mistake giving up Levine in the fifth pick for Boogie Cousins? Would that be a mistake? <laughs> and so like Kane's fans see that and are like, oh, Timberwolves yeah. fans are idiots. Look how yeah. stupid they are. So you come on, guys, shape up a little bit. You They'll, always overvalue your own players, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, if you could get a legitimate star in the league, you do it because just a year ago we were saying that we got to keep being terrible and keep going into the draft because this is the only way to get stars in the league if you can get a team that wants to trade you stars don't like let zach's zach's athleticism like turn you off from it you know exactly you got to get stars when you can through any method because we're probably not i mean this could be our last chance to get a star through the draft for a a couple years now yeah because if we're assuming we're going to be like 500 team or close to it that means we're not going to get high draft picks anymore so this could be our last shot at acquiring a star from the draft after that we could have to acquire them through trades and free agency yeah let's hope we're not in the lottery anymore after this season so this might be our last lottery chance and and the thing is is that the first round draft picks are just so valuable in the league as far as trade chips but also as far as that rookie scale contract so valuable and i think it'd be short-sighted to trade this pick 
for anything less than like what you're talking about, a package featuring a, a star or a superstar. Especially that, when he can be the right, same age as our core of Wiggins and Towns and be yeah. locked in. Like there's something to building a continuity and having them all age up together. And so like if you want to trade for a star, that's cool. But don't trade it for like some complimentary role players or some like, you know, former all-stars, yep. like just below it kind of yep. veteran uh, who would just fill in slots. Like I don't think that's worth it trading for that because you're going to be able to find similar type players now in free agency, which is something we're not used to. Yeah. Like we're not used to being able to sign <laughs> yes. anyone good. It's yeah. like, oh, you want to sign here? What's the problem? Do, yeah. Are we severely overpaying you, giving you too many years? Or, you know, like there's usually some kind of way we have to overpay. Yeah, as far as Wolves fans go, we're like, well, we got lots of picks and young guys. We those are expendable, you know. We'll never get a we'll never get a vet who wants to come here. But now in reality, are- those guys are going to be more easy to come upon. Late veteran guys who want to sign a two to three year deal and can offer some quality skills. But it's kind of like it's going to flip because in a couple of years, we're going to really want the younger rookie scale guys. Right. But we're not going to be in a position to be in the lottery anymore. So. Right. And so like, you know, maybe three years from now, Chris Dunn being like 24 would be a really good fit better than like Paul Millsap being like 34 or something. I think most people want to paint Thibodeau as a win now mortgage the future type of situation. But I just got to think that the combination of him and Scott Layden won't let that happen. I don't know that we'll definitely pick at five, but I think there might be a situation where we can trade down or something. I think they will get a rookie out of this situation here. Have a guy that you know you can have on a rookie scale deal who's a first round pick uh, for the next four years, and then you own their rights for eight years. That's the other great thing about having a first round pick is like right. the Cat and Wiggins. It's like control. you get their first deal, but then you also have complete control over their next deal. Um, so I, I would also like to see. The Wolves keep the pick. I think uh, with with uh, there's so much talk about picks being traded, and it almost never happens. Like the amount of people who talk about how, the amount of talk. There's so many trade scenarios, and there's so many rumors on basketball blogs leading up to the draft. Yep. Will the Lakers trade this draft pick? <laughs> Will the Knicks trade this draft pick? And it's no, they never do. It almost like it seems like it almost never happens. Yeah. So like I just think that like teams just see the value of draft picks differently. When you have one, you think is value more valuable. And when you don't have one, you're like, well, I'll give up something for it, but how much like money in my hand, you know, like a bird yeah. in the hand, yeah. two in the bush kind of thing. <laughs> We're like, I've got a bird in my hand. Is it worth it trading it for the pick? And then you draft a guy and he like struggles. So you can't really trade him during the rookie season. You almost have to keep him for a year or two until he breaks out in year two or three before he has value again, you know? So I think just like the whole, like, well, just draft him and then trade him. Like that rarely happens where someone drafts a rookie and then trades him during the rookie season or something you yeah know? That, that's not gonna go down yeah so uh, you know i think yeah you're right you hear a lot about trading picks right now a it's just it's just more fun to talk about trading a pick i think yeah uh b i think uh you know this is sort of seen as a weaker draft so there's not as much like you know people think that you can get more value out of a trade or moving down or whatever and then also there's like four teams that have multiple picks in this in the first round there's like three teams i think that have three picks in the first round yeah so all those things put together you're gonna get a lot of buzz a lot of talk the fact there's only like two guys at the top and then maybe three to maybe eight nine ten is kind of a, another tier in there so i think you're going to hear more trade talk than usual but yeah this like is you ob- said those are those trades necessarily don't necessarily come through and this is supposedly a really weak draft as well which yep. is another thing that's going to limit what you can trade your picks for actual nba players in return because this is viewed as a pretty weak draft 
cool. So uh, in order to uh, check out draft prospect stuff, Scott, uh, where do we suggest folks uh, go to from now until the draft, about five weeks? Where, where are we going to look up uh, your, your stats and your videos? One of my favorites is Draft Express. I know everyone Ooh, knows about it, but so I, good. Love, I love just going on YouTube and streaming those videos onto my TV screen. because Strengths and a weaknesses. Lot of, a lot of these players that you don't see tons of highlights, maybe some of these guys you haven't watched a lot of, maybe yep. some of them for overseas. And yep. so just seeing like live video of them and like repeated like cuts of their highlights and their things they need to work on. It's very illuminating. Just seeing the people. I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah. Draft Express, NBA draft.com also has stuff. Local angle, uh, Canis hoopist.com is going to do a great job. They have their own formulas and sort of like algorithms about different stats on guys and stuff. So you're going to want to definitely look at that. I also assume because we're telling you to go to Canis that this is for people who haven't been there, but like, (laughs) you know, it's like an iceberg where the majority of the uh, value in Canis is in the comments. There you go. Best comment section. Of any SB Nation blog, absolutely. Um, I I I personally like checking out like if you have some players you're interested in checking out their social media profiles because you learn quirky things about them. Yeah, see they're, if at, they're on Instagram. They're, see they're at an age Snapchat. right now where they're coming out of college, so they're in this overshare. <laughs> like everyone's on social media mode. They have not gotten to the point. Most of them, at least, where an agent has come in and said, "Scrub this clean. And we're going to have a PR person take care of this. And you're going to only tweet about your sponsorships." You know, like yeah, yeah. There's still some real social media stuff. It's like a couple years back, how like uh, they they found out Damian Lillard was treating tweeting trash at LeBron in the finals <laughs> during the Mavs finals. He was like calling LeBron a choker and stuff when he was just in college tweeting. He's, and now he's in the league and people found it, you know, that's so, funny. Uh, I would say check that stuff out. Okay. So we, we talked about the lottery as far as, you know, some options that could happen, but now it's time for us to predict what will happen uh, here uh, in the next month and uh, at the draft um, in June. Scott, it's time for predict it. We'll predict it. Yes, we're predicting the lottery. We have uh, we have seen it. We have uh, we have visualized it. We have closed our eyes and looked into the future. Uh, we both have some different ideas about what might happen. Um, Scott, do you mind if I start? Go for it. Okay, cool. I think uh, you know all the talks of trades. I think there will be lots of trade opportunities here and there. But at the end of the day, I think the Wolves will stay put at the number five slot, and I think they will pick. Kentucky's Jamal Murray, uh, probably uh, one of the best shooters in the draft. I think they're going to look heavily at that, and I don't think they're going to be afraid to draft a young guy. He's only 19. Um, maybe this is a little bit of hopeful, wishful thinking, but uh, I hope that they aren't scared away by a young guy who needs time to develop and who might be a little limited. But Jamal Murray is just a gnarly shooter. I like what I like. Uh, I like what he brings to the court. I also like Buddy Heald, but I think they will go with Jamal Murray. At number five. I like that viral video of him the other day running that three-point drill where he's just canning all of them. Oh, I got to watch it. I've oh, not seen it. It's like 29 and 30 or something. It's where awesome. do we find it? Where do we find it? Where did you see it? Just on YouTube? It was on Twitter. I, yeah. I can't I can't imagine. <laughs> is but it, it from a workout or is it from yeah, like it's from a, a workout. game? Okay. It's from a workout. So yeah. I just Googled wow. Jamal Murray three-point uh, <laughs> drill. You know, Just like corner to corner? Well, he's doing this, this drill where it's not like the three-point shootout, but he's doing a drill where he has to run to like the one of the Waynes and like yep. catch and shoot. Then he runs to 
the next spot across the way and catch and shoot. So he's he's crisscrossing the court between every oh, shot. Oh, he's nuts on the catch and shoot. The yeah. catch and shoot is Ray Allen esque, right there, coming I, off I love picks and, oh. and and rising up to shoot. Um, Scott, uh, when you uh, when you visualize this, uh, when you look at deep into your soul, when you predict what is going to happen here at the draft for the Wolves, what do you see? This is a, a time-honored technique we've used on Predict It. We've talked about it. Where you predict something that you don't want to happen. Because that way, if it does reverse happen... jinx. Yeah, it's a reverse jinx. Because, you know, if it happens, then I can at least say I was correct on Predict It. And I knew it was going to happen. Yep. Um, but if it doesn't happen, I don't feel bad about being wrong at this. So my prediction is that they're just going to say... Oh, we need a stretch for. We just look at our team. We can't draft for the best talent. We have to draft for a need, and our need is got to get a guy who looks like a stretch four. We better go with Henry Ellenson. Oh no, from Marquette. From Marquette, I think the Marquette guy will be joining the okay. squad. Yeah, I, th- I just think that's a reach, and uh, I, I think that uh, people are just looking at trying to make him into you know Kevin Love or somebody. Yeah, and uh, I just I don't see it. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah and so I that's why that, I predicted it's going to happen. Yeah, that's it's that's not a popular pick. I think that would be the situation where you'd see a lot of meltdown on Twitter. That's the Wesley Johnson over <laughs> boogie pick. You know, that's a, oh well, he fits the need so well. Yeah, well, you know, and you know, to me right now, I'm with you. I don't know that Helenson is the, is the right person for for what we should pick at five, but. It's so hard to tell at this I'm not point. A, I'm it's, not a big buddy booster, we know from the season, but yeah. I'd rather even have buddy. <laughs> buddy over Henry. Well, we'll see what happens. The draft is the 23rd of June, uh, so we'll be watching. And, and you know we'll be talking be about that. Yeah. you yeah. got to go on some kind of tour, headlining national music tour, but uh, you'll we'll be back. Show. You'll be back around there. Yeah, we're going to do a post-draft you, show. You literally brought your tour back through the Midwest right around the draft. On purpose. I'm saying for that reason. <laughs> on purpose. Okay, um, cool. That's predicted. Time to pay some bills. We got to get to our sponsor right now, Scott. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by the Tom Thibodeau Clothing Outlet, Ooh. your number one retail provider of business and track suits. Wow, they are a new business in town. They, um, you know, they've come to town since Tom Thibodeau has uh, taken the job as head coach of your Minnesota Timberwolves, and you know they saw an opportunity. They've seen the pictures. They've seen the vintage looks of Tom Thibodeau rocking the tracksuit. I think he still does it, too. It's not just like an old-school thing. I think he does a tracksuit with his Celtics days, with his Bulls days. Tracksuit is his thing. He likes to be comfortable. I, I read, I remember when he was a Bulls coach, I'd remember like, reading articles about interviewing players if they ever yeah. saw him wearing anything other than <laughs> his suit on, his coaching, like a professional suit he wears when he's coaching on the sidelines. And then every other time he's in a Bulls tracksuit. And the people wow. have said they've never seen him in anything else. Have you ever seen a photo of Tom Thibodeau in jeans? Uh, no. A he sweater? Likes the, he likes the suit. He likes the zip up. You know, he likes the swishy pants. Yeah, he's going to um, really like the Skyways because that way in the winters he can walk around in his tracksuit. And, you know, I, I understand because what I, what I do is I have most days I get dressed, I go to work, I come home, and the second I get home from work, take off my work clothes, so I get pants. into some comfortable clothes, yep. and then I'm just chilling for the rest of the night. And so, like, I think that it's just amazing that you can get fine quality uh, clothes from the same store for both. Yeah, you get both. They have Find the yourself a man who can do both. Track suits and business suits, okay? You need you need a little three-piece situation uh, to wear to the office, and then you also need something to change into once you get home or uh, once you get onto the court, um, whatever, whatever, however you roll. But the Tom Thibodeau Clothing Outlet can, perfor- can provide all of that for you. So please uh, go into your nearest Tom Thibodeau clothing 
clothing outlet brand new to the Twin Cities. Mentioned- all outlet malls around the metro, they have them now. They're right. all there. There's six or seven locations. Uh, yeah, so it's very easy to find. And if you go into any of the metro locations and mention Tim Millwolves, the podcast, yes. you will be able to get a fourth tracksuit for free when you buy three. Buy three, get, get one. Free. That's right. That's uh, that's the deal from Tom Thibodeau's clothing outlet. Thank you so much uh, for their support. Scott, up next, we have Mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called Mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters. Send us your messages. Send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Mailbag time, everybody. Thank you for sending in your questions over the break. All the things you need to uh, know about, what you're wondering about, things you want us to talk about. A few Thank people you. sent us questions about the lottery that we're not going to get to because we feel like we just <laughs> talked about them. You know, we, we just, just talked kinda, about we it. We kind of yeah. folded them in. So yeah. but thank you for reaching out and sending those questions on Twitter. Yeah, of course. Very uh, appreciate it. We're going to start with a question um, from uh, John Bender. Uh, he's, always got, Bender. he's always got great questions for us. And uh, his, his question today um, is, what song should the Wolves use as their pregame slash intro song next year to ring in the Tibbs era? Good question, John. We have talked about uh, new intro music. Yep. Um, you know, during the season last year, we talked about what we might like to see. I think uh, Kanye West Wolves was kind of the consensus about <laughs> what we'd like to see the most. And we uh, went to and we went to Target. Like Target Center loves Kanye. They played power. Oh, yes. They played power during oh, the last yes. season. And we went yeah. to the Lynx game, the season opener. Yep. Saw the banner get hung. Uh, yep. I shouldn't say either of those words because it has a hard <laughs> NG that I unveiled. Suck at say. Unveiled. unveiled the banner. And uh, the new warm-up, like pump-up music for starting lineups is uh, the baseline of Ultra Light Beam from yeah. Kanye's... Uh, uh, the life, of, life Pablo. of Pablo, and what was the other? It was a mashup. Yeah, and then it, it slowly went into. I think it's a Fat Boy Slim song. I forget what song it is, but right. it, it was a mashup, and it sort of so it kind of like transitioned out of that, and then into this other song. So it's cool mashup. Like it, it. it was really so good. You know, they like Kanye, music. so we talked about that. But this is a Thibodeau specific request. Yes. What can we do to help Tom? feel a little bit more comfortable <laughs> in the beginning of games of the Target Center. Okay, we got to start with uh, with Sam Cooke. We got uh, his song, uh, Chain Gang. You know. Mm. You like this one? Look, we know Tib. No days off for Tibbs. He, he works hard. Uh, I don't know if he has any hobbies. Um, nobody who covered him with the Bulls was ever able to find out if he likes going to movies or anything like that. No. He has, uh, I don't think he has any romantic interests in his life. No. He just, he hangs around the practice facility when he's not in the arena. All ball all the time. This is a chain gang. Uh, by Sam Cooke. You know, he works his, he's been known to work his guys pretty hard. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, this song also has, has some of that in there. So, yeah, Sam Cooke, Chain Gang, first first one that we're thinking of here. You he doesn't know, understand okay. why players need, you know, can't work 60 hours a week because he's working 80. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Next, we have a stick song, Blue Collar oh, Man. Yeah. Mm, classic. Yep. Blue Collar. Again, just like his defense is gritty, his defense is, you know, they're smart, but they also require your players to expound energy at all times. 
Yeah. And this actually reminded me of a subject we didn't talk about with Thibodeau, but oh, yeah? we'll go back to that some other time. <laughs> yeah, listen to this, you know, just about this song, another song about working hard, blue collar man, you know, some sticks, some sticks in there for you. Okay, 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 we'll keep it going, keep it going. Next one comes to us from The Clash. This mm. is, you know, less about uh, working hard and, and uh, you know, being blue collar and playing defense and more just about having Tom in the name. It's right. the Tommy gun by The Clash. You can have this come out. He feels good because they're saying Tommy. This is this yeah. is a good pump up song. Do you have any? Uh, do you, is your name in any songs, Neil? <laughs> Neil, um, uh, oh, Neil, a song with the name Neil. No, I don't know. I can't think of any. Because let me tell you, it's a good Scott. way to have that song ruined for you. <laughs> like everybody who has their name in a song title hates it. I was talking about this with my wife Meg because Meg's not in anything and she's always wanted one. But everyone she's talked to, has their song and t- name in a title, hates it. Like I hate Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't. Don't know. even don't even bring that up around me. I hate that song because people come up and screaming at you. So maybe Tom doesn't like this song. Yeah, the Clash, Tommy Gun, right there. Um, or like Ground Control to Major Tom. He's probably <laughs> sick of that stuff. Yeah, let's see. We got we got some other we got some a couple other ones here. Uh, oh, we have Rent. Well, all right. This is seasons of love from the Rent soundtrack. You know all the minutes. Oh, you get the you get the organ in there. <laughs> the lights coming down. Oh man. Oh. Classic. Those are all the minutes you're gonna playing. We're gonna have to do a parody of this song. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a parody of this song next year for sure. This will be our next song parody. By the way, I can't even listen to Justin Bieber. Sorry anymore without hearing. Is it too late to see KG now? What a jam. Okay, and then uh, another song we have to to welcome back uh, to, to welcome back Tom Thibodeau. Return of the Mac. Welcome back to Target Center. Mark Morrison. Bringing it back to uh, 1996. Turn of the Mac. Return of the Tom Thibodeau. Shout it out. I also would be okay. Uh, Prince Fielder changed his walk-up music last year to just the uh, the weather alar- alarm siren. <laughs> What's that? Just like, you know, the siren that goes off with the tornadoes around? Oh, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> I dig it. There you go. What song do you think? I'm sure we're missing some good Tom songs. We're trying yeah. to think of... I mean, we literally spent more time thinking about the answer to this question than any other part of yeah, the show. any other part. Yeah. Um, we were thinking <laughs> songs with Tom in it. Uh, songs about working so hard. Like eight days a week, we were thinking. What songs about never taking time off? Yeah. What songs could be used for defense? Like shut it down or yeah. something. Let yeah. us know what you think. So Tweet at us. You've got to have some cast. good suggestions. Tweet yeah. at us. Let yeah. us know when you hear yeah. this. All right. Next question comes to us from Chris. He writes, what current Wolves player has the most gain under Tom Thibodeau. Are we talking about weight? Because it's probably Wiggins and Levine. They need to. They have the most weight. They need to, to beef game. up. They need to beef up some weight. No, we're talking about you know who, what kind of playing style or what kind of player you know will fit well under what types of things Tom Thibodeau does as a coach. I think number one is Shabazz. Yes, if he's no around, if he's still on the team by the time the season tips off, um, you know, in November, Shabazz Muhammad. I think Tom Thibodeau has even mentioned him by name as someone that you know he likes his game. He likes. The 
the way he plays and um, how hard he plays and his style of game is kind of like an undersized post player. Um, you know, I don't know. Is, is there a comp to a to a Bulls player that uh, he might have had, you know, that can mm. kind of play that kind of way? Maybe a little Taj Gibson. Taj is a bigger player than him. Yeah. But I kind of get that same kind of thing. That's a good call. Taj I mean, is a better defender. but I think, though, once again, I listened to episode 22. Go download it now. <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes. 21. 21. 21. Yeah, yeah this is yeah, episode 22. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to episode 21, and we were making uh, predictions about what we wanted to happen this summer. Yeah. And I predicted that. Uh, just like Shabazz has committed himself the past two summers to remaking his game, he's going to commit himself to defense like that because I said if he Ooh. didn't, he ri- he ran in the risk of becoming like a Derek Williams type player in this league where he's all offense, no defense. Yeah. And like, how much can you play a guy who can't really pass or run plays, uh, who only just gets the ball and takes it? Like, that becomes such a limited ability even if you're really good at it it's really hard to make a career in the nba out of that alone yeah and so i'm worried about shabazz because i think he's at a crossroads where he's going to have to become more than what he is if he's going to be worth a contract extension and so i think that uh tom Thibodeau's is the best possible thing that could happen for him because now we'll know whether or not he can play defense because if you can't play defense for tom Thibodeau, you can't play defense <laughs> right you know? right right the other guy same yeah. with levine in my opinion too yeah. levine needs to prove that he can play defense and um i have not seen any indication yet at all that he can and so until he can show that he can play defense like that's why I'm saying like people are way too high on Levine right now it's like I know he's a good shooter you guys but if he can't play defense you can't start him you know (laughs) yeah Tom won't play him so uh, I think both of those guys will be hugely, uh, hugely benefit. Also, I think Wiggins. I think Wiggins is very, to me, there's lots of buzz around trading for Jimmy Butler. And can you can Tom Thibodeau get Jimmy Butler from the Bulls or whatever? But I think we already have that player in Andrew Wiggins. And I think they're similar types of guys, um, especially with their defensive acumen. And I think, you know, Wiggins uh, maybe had a little bit of a step back as far as his defense goes last year. But that's not going to happen again under underneath Tom Thibodeau. So I think just the skill set that Wiggins brings to the game, I think that will really really blossom under Tom Thibodeau. The way he the way he has the physical tools to defend the long arms, the lateral movement. Um, you know, I, I just think they're going to be a great pair, and I'm really looking forward to see those two work together. There are two players that Tom Thibodeau undoubtedly made into all stars: Luol Dane and Joakim Noah. Right. Both those guys were not going to make all-star teams working for any other coach. And uh, obviously, Wiggins is going to be our Luol Dane. Yep. And Cat's going to benefit. You remember the, like, the offense like Noah no-brainer. was running? Yeah. Noah was almost averaging a triple-double. Yeah. We saw him get a triple-double at the Target Center. It was one of the best games I've yeah. ever been to. Yeah, and so the I'm saying, like, from the from the elbow. Yeah. Uh, just the creativity that Thibodeau has used uh, – Noah for the past several yep. years makes me think that now he has another player with all those same skills, the passing, even a better shooter. Yes. And uh, the defense, the the length, the the drive. Oof. I think Cat is going to you know benefit Oof. just as much as Noah did. And Absolutely. Tips turn Noah into the defensive player in the year. Oh, I can't wait to see what he does here. Oh, it's going to be so good. But here's one thing I wanted to talk about earlier while we're still on the subject of tips. The one thing is, do you think he's going to clash at all with Ricky and Wiggins? The two things I'm worried about Mm. is that Wiggins seems like a guy that you can't yell at to motivate. Yeah, Mitchell brought that up. And uh, Britt has brought up before how Wiggins 
Um, sometimes he doesn't play hard on defense because he knows it's a wasted effort. Like if yeah, he sees someone go like a huge fast break, he's not going to like run hard just to look like he's trying hard because he, he is only going to act when he knows it's going to have an influence. Yeah. And so that means there's sometimes where it looks like he's not trying hard. Is Thibodeau going to uh, just be like, Rain that no, man. you got to do that anyways. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if it matters. And yeah. uh, how will Wiggins react to that? And how will Wiggins react to being yelled at? Yeah. And uh, Ricky, I'm not so worried about how he'll react to being yelled at. I think that he's a hard worker and will, will like being yelled at. Yeah. I'm worried about Ricky. He gets offended when the organization doesn't seem to trust him sometimes. Right. I know there's a lot of times where Tom Thibodeau is asked about his players. And he's like, I don't know if they're playing or not. You know, like they're in or out. Like, it, or he doesn't really like, you know, he's just kind of like cold to the press about like players. Like, well, I don't know if yeah. he's playing tonight, you know. And so like, I wonder if like. You know, Ricky was offended when he heard Milt say that he turned down. Might you know, have traded yeah, him. he might have traded him. Yeah. And so, like, Ricky's sensitive just about how the organization feels towards him. And so I wonder how. That's the only thing that might polarize Ricky. Yeah, hopefully with the Ricky thing, it's more of, like, behind closed doors, they're, they're, they're together. And, you know, the types of things that Tom might say in the media, hopefully Ricky understands. That behind I, closed doors. Yeah, I think thing. Ricky will really enjoy Thibodeau as a coach. Just the way yeah. Thibodeau runs practices like their games, like, I think Ricky will really enjoy that. Yeah, but you're right with the Wiggins he he will maybe need to. Well, I do think they are a good fit. I think he will need to adjust to Tom Thibodeau's stylings a lot more because they're not going to baby. He's not going to baby him. Like I'm not saying Mitchell did that, but I think Mitchell was willing to bend a little bit more. Like, hey Wiggins, I noticed that you're someone who's a little more introverted, a little quieter. I get to you by just having a conversation with you at the side, not, scre- of not screaming coach. at you. Yeah, I like that as a good coach. But the coach should be more adaptable than the player. You don't yeah. say the coach can't is set in stone. You can't. Uh, it's the players who have to change. It's the players who drive right. drive this league. So like, right. if Wiggins doesn't respond, then it's on on Thibodeau to change. Not you know. It's not like we're going to trade Wiggins. Exactly. He's not taking guff. It'll be fun. We'll see what happens. Uh, thanks for the questions, everybody. Mailbag. Yeah, fun problems it's a wrap. to have. It's a wrap on mailbag for us uh, this time around. Uh, Scott, time to move on to our uh, weekly Wolfie Awards. Now presenting your weekly Wolfie. The weekly Wolfie Awards. I think we should uh, maybe call it the monthly Wolfie Awards. It's been a month. Yeah, just, just you know, just we, Wolfies. Weekly Wolfies, the Wolfies is the you know is the segment name. But for our purposes right now, it's really monthly. Um, Scott, you want to kick us off with uh, your award for uh, who, who gets the Wolfie Award this month uh, for you? Well, uh, you took mine, so I'm going to go oh. ahead. And, <laughs> I'm going to change it up. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I think that when people are obviously great at something, like. You know, you you underappreciate him. Like sometimes, like yeah. with MJ and the MVP awards, he was so good every year. They started getting bored and giving those MVP awards to other people. <laughs> and it, I just feel like because everyone knows you're great doesn't mean you're not worthy of recognition. So my Wolfie goes to Carl Anthony Towns, NBA Rookie of the Year. Congratulations, kid. No one, I've never seen anyone deserve it more. He handled it in such a great way. I'm so proud to have him representing our team. Oh, and yeah. he's going to just bring so many fans to this team because how could you not love this kid? So Unanimous. Congrats, Kat. Uh, <laughs> you deserve it like crazy. And uh, <laughs> Even though like we've known it was going to happen since like January, right. uh, that doesn't mean you don't deserve some depth for super it, so. cool to have it happen back-to-back rookie of the years for the wolves super cool to see for sure uh my wolfie award goes to the WNBA league pass you guys the WNBA season has kicked off 
the Lynx are now playing. They are uh, they're defending their their title this season. And uh, League Pass and the WNBA side of things is a crazy good deal. It's seventeen dollars, and you get the whole season, every game. Um, pretty bucks. sure it's all uh, Lynx games as well. Even if you're in the market here in the Twin Cities area, um, you'll still be able to watch the Lynx games. Everything's archived, so you can just wait till the game's over and then watch it and zoom through the commercials and stuff. Um, so it, it's a great deal. The WNBA has lots of great players across the league. Even if you just watch the Lynx games, that's cool. But you want to watch the sky and see uh, Lena Deladon. Uh, you you know you want to see uh, Dallas and watch uh, Diggins play. Uh, you know there's just lots of great players across the league. Um, it's going to be a good season um, all summer long for the for the for when there's no NBA basketball happening. It's 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 super good. And also like the Lynx have been running a dynasty for the last five years. Yeah, uh, let's go. And, but don't think that it's like too late to get on board. Like I don't yeah. want you to think like no. oh I don't want to jump on the Miami Heat in you know 2014 you know like the last year of LeBron or whatever yeah like no, this the- team is maybe the best squad we've had yet yep this team is so good this year they've restocked the bench and uh, but yeah even league, even league wide there's lots of parity in the league it's the links are great but it's no sure thing that they're going to take it down you know they're they're not the overwhelming favorites they're one of four three or four teams that could take it down so you know I think it'll be a good year to jump into the WNBA if you haven't yet jump in now $17 to watch the whole season you got to get on that and get to a game too like yeah that, we went to the season opener and I was just so reminded fun. again like what a smart crowd that is i yep. haven't been to any other sporting event in minnesota that knows like when to cheer for the right time and stuff <laughs> yes. like even when the timberwolves games like when the timberwolves are good and they're selling out or at least getting mostly full it's a bunch of people who are just kind of there as a status symbol who don't really know the proper things to cheer for or whatever yeah. and like the Lynx fans they're dialed in that's they're a fun awesome. crowd great crowd over there at target center for Lynx games go check it out um let's move on to our final segment we are about to play a game Scott has a game for me. Uh, today he's going to quiz me. Um, I believe it's about the draft. About in, number in five some picks. Way, in some way. Ooh, number five Timber picks Wolves only. number five picks. It's only about <laughs> number five picks. Five questions about number five picks. Okay, okay, okay. I can do this. Can Here's do some this. good news for all you Timberwolves fans. Uh, like, every good player in Wolves history basically has been associated with the five pick. Like, all of our best players are associated with the five yeah. pick. Like, yeah. we have a lot better track record. I know record. the best one. We, have the, uh, we <laughs> have the best track record with the number five pick as opposed to any other pick. Except yeah. number one, I guess you can't complain of town so Yeah, far. sure, That's town. That's great. Um, but, yeah, as you alluded to, the best ever. Uh, I'm not, we're just going to say it because I couldn't even think of a trivia question for him. Because you know everything about him. You know where he's from. Yeah. You know that he leads the uh, Timberwolves all-time records in every single category. Yeah, KG. Yeah, it's Kevin Garnett. Yeah, so 95. Uh, yep, out of Farragut. And uh, the best number five pick of all time, I would say, yeah. probably. Wow, yeah. And so with him out of the way now, though, let's ask you a couple questions okay. about other five picks in Timberwolves okay. history. This number five pick, Neil, from UNLV is tied with Andrew Wiggins for the fifth highest points per game in team history. UNLV? Yep. It's a rate stat, points per game. Uh, how UNLV, do you have a year for me? Um, 90s, <laughs> I'll say. Um, well, I'm... I can I'm even not, say 93. I know two number five picks, KG, and the other one is J.R. Ryder. Is it J.R. Ryder? That's right. Isaiah Ryder. Isaiah Ryder. UNLV, I always forget his college, though. 
He's got a lot of together. yeah. He's got some fun stats with the Timberwolves all time record yeah. board. He's basically like <laughs> if Michael Beasley played for a few more years with us, because like he's like on the top of like points scored. He's on the points scored top ten. Yeah. Buckets scored, buckets attempted, buckets missed. Oh. you know, like and then like the only other one he's up with like he's usage percent. And he's up there with like top three with Michael Beasley, like twenty six. Like we used him way too much in yeah. the seasons we used him. So he's pretty much exclusively like a gunner we used. Yeah, but uh, that's pretty interesting. Okay, uh, next up, our next question. Uh, which of these players was not traded for number five pick Kevin Love? <laughs> Marco Yarich, Antoine Walker, Kirk Snyder, or Greg Buckner? Oh, I don't know. I think the first two were in there for sure. Um, Buckner or Snyder? I'm going to go Snyder. Yes, oh. you got it. Good one. Kirk thank Snyder. You, thank you. Not, not, Kirk not Snyder. in that deal, but yeah, that was a pretty good deal. OJ so Mayo was. OJ Mayo, Marco Yarick, Antoine Walker, and Greg Buckner for Kevin Love. All right. That's pretty good deal. deal. <laughs> pretty good deal. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, one of the best players in Timberwolves history. Also yes. a number five pick in his draft. Oh, wow. draft. Forgot about that. In Memphis. Uh, number five <laughs> pick that we made, Ricky Rubio. Uh-huh. Also one of my Traded. favorite players. Yeah. Already top 10 in games played in Timberwolves history. Top 10 in minutes played as well. Number We're going to do his lists. fifth or sixth year, I think, with the Wolves here yeah. coming up. Yeah. Uh, but we traded four, We traded Randy and Mike Miller to Washington <laughs> to get that pick. Yep. The question is, Fleeced wh- which of these players did we not receive from the Wind- Wizards in return? Okay. Eton Thomas, Rodney Carney, Darius Sangalia, <laughs> or Oleski Petrov. Oh, these names. I, the only one I'm sure about is the last one. I'm pretty sure we got Lesky in that one. Uh, give me the first one again. Eton Thomas. I'm going to guess Eton. Eton. Rodney Carney. Oh, Rodney. Rodney Carney, who Wait, was so, on our team at one point. <laughs> so but. what's the deal? Who's the deal? Who'd we get? We got uh, we got the number five pick for yep. Ricky Rubio. We got the number five pick, Eton Thomas. Darius Sangalia and Oleski Petrov. We must have just cut. We must have cut these guys. We must have just straight up cut these guys. <laughs> like, yeah, fine. Oleski played. He played that next season. I remember him. But it's uh, like how we got yeah. uh, Eddie Curry for the Corey Brewer, Anthony <laughs> Randolph deal. Yeah. Just cut him. Yeah, I just cut him. Yeah, Curry. All right. Um, what was his Take name? Was hit. it Curry? No. Uh, I'm you, getting it wrong. You're fat, Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry. There yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, the fat baby bull. There you go. Okay. Cool. Um, our next question. Uh, so we took. And let's see, I got the draft year right here. In 96, we had the number five pick, and we took Ray Allen. Oh, that's right. We traded it to Milwaukee (laughs) with a future first for the number four pick in that year's draft, Stefan Marbury. That's right. So we just, uh, what a jerk move by Milwaukee. (laughs) Like, they wanted Ray (laughs) Allen, and they had the fourth pick, and they're like, no, we're going to take Marbury and trade it to the Wolves and get a first round out of it. Like, (gasps) what a deal. What a just a jerk move by them. We should have just taken Ray Allen, obviously. Ray Allen, career-wise, has Stefan beat in almost every conceivable stat, scat. Yep. But, Except for Chinese League MVPs. Yeah, and musicals <laughs> written about him in China. Chinese <laughs> statues built in his honor. Yeah. The question is, who's has a higher, uh, who has scored more in a single game? Like, who has a career high in a single game, higher career high for oh. a single game? Ray Between Allen Ray or Stefan Marbury? Career high. I, I, um, I mean, I guess... I guess I guess I can't I gotta say Ray Allen, right? Ray Allen? Yeah. Okay. They're both in, they're both in the fifties. <laughs> they both they both had fifty point games. Ray's had a fifty four point game though, so wow. Steph scored fifty in the NBA? Yeah, scored fifty in a game. Wow. Gunner. Impressive. Impressive. Starbury. All, All right. right, one more? Yes. Final question. So the guys that we have 
drafted with the number five pick. The five guys that I've been talking about, Isaiah Ryder, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, who doesn't count for this one because he's not on our team, Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio. So of J.R. Ryder, Kevin Garnett, Kevin Love, and Ricky Rubio, the question is, of those four, who has played the least games and minutes for the franchise? Uh, between between uh, KG, yeah, Love, Ryder, and Rubio. Oh, Ryder? Yeah. Okay. I can't believe I told you that Ricky said earlier in the game. I forgot I wrote a question about. It. Uh, I couldn't believe I told you Ricky was tenth already. Because Ryder was only here that. for like three years or something like that. Yeah, I think. So I, I thought I could fool years. you because uh, <laughs> I thought you might think, well, Rubio's been on the team, but he's been injured for so yeah. many seasons. But then I had to blab earlier. Gosh, that's my own fault. I learned. I learned. But I learned a lot in that. Basically, too. we've like Jr. Ryder's the worst fifth pick we've ever had. Yeah, and that's not, not that's bad. not a bad. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. We got Kevin Love fifth pick. Kevin Garnett, fifth pick. Ray Ricky. Allen, fifth pick. Wow, Ricky Ray Rubio, Allen. fifth pick. Ray I, Allen's a Maybe crazy we should one. feel good that we didn't move up to four. Yeah, five. We got Wesley Johnson spot. with the fourth pick. That's what five's I'm saying. a good spot for us. Yeah, let's do five. I like, I like it. it. <laughs> let's keep it going. All right, good. That uh, wraps up the show for us this week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for uh, taking, a, taking a month off with us and then coming back to listen to this show. Thank you. That's Thank, really nice of you. Thanks for the fans that are coming to trivia. Kyla for bringing her a really cute dog. Yeah. I love that dog. Potosi. Um, but yeah, uh, we will uh, we'll be back with another show uh, after the draft. Um, so in about a month from now, check back and uh, we'll have a show recapping what happened or didn't happen. Or I'm not sure how it'll happen. We'll see. Cuckoo <laughs> Kangaroo comes to your city this summer. Yeah, we'll touring. We're touring all over the country. So no matter where you live, we're probably coming to a city near you to play a show. So check that out at cuckoocangaroo.com. Go to Darby's Trivia every uh, Tuesday night when there is not a home Twins game this summer. Yep. Be hanging out watching uh, watching the draft. Uh, or I don't know. Oh, yeah, watch the lottery from there. <laughs> watch the lottery from there. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to our show again this week, everybody. It's Timberwolves the Podcast. Make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter at WolvesCast. We're also on Instagram these days at WolvesCast, I think. Is that, is that the handle on Instagram? That's a good <laughs> question. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, check us out on Instagram and Twitter um, and follow along for uh, stuff when we're not doing podcasts. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. And remember, hurry up. Do it. Get it done. You got work to do. Don't put this off and don't take the long view. Life is today and tomorrow. And if you're lucky, maybe next week. 